30 seconds. In front of all these people, you're gonna pull out a gun and you're gonna shoot an unarmed man. 20 seconds. So what are you gonna do? 10. You do know that we're not allowed to shoot people on sight anymore? It was justified. The soul of Detroit. You are a violent man, my friend. You have left a trail of dead behind you. ML Elric is coming home. I never forgot you. To a place where his roots run deep. Right, no. Mark Fellhauer. Burn out! Mark and I dug coal together when we were 19. But his only loyalty. You racking a load before I put a hole through you? Is justice. What are you packing? You'll pay to find that out. Never thought of myself as an angry man. You're the angriest man I've ever known. You answer the rock, you're trying to ride my shoes. gone. What are you doing? What are you doing? What are you doing? That is not painful by them. That is painful by the people of Detroit. You have to be qualified, Emil. I'm not qualified for this job. Let me tell you something. You want to go right now? Okay? You want to go right now? Hey kids, it's your old pal ML Elric coming to you live from our exclusive uh, elaborate studios here at Red Shovel Network headquarters with my friend Mark Fellhauer and the angriest man alive, Sean Windsor. <laughs> it and, changes every week, doesn't it? And well, some things never change. There's a certain there's a certain I mean your description, at least you acknowledge me this week, so I guess that's a uh, you're that's always improvement. I, I carry you in my heart. You're smiling, by the way. I like to see that, Mike. It's, well, that's gas. Is that it's gas? Like a baby. No, I thought it was because of the introduction, yeah. which was fabulous, put together by the the handsome Mark Fellhauer. But that's why he's smiling because he made his debut doing a voiceover in the intro, and he could not have been more proud of himself. No, no, I think my debut is in the in the in the outro, isn't it? I think it is. No, you, you have lines in both. Oh, I was just going to say, stick lie. around for the outro because we're we're introducing some exciting new voice talent. But I guess. Uh, it was so good, I didn't even recognize it myself. By the way, have you been celebrating the Lions Super Bowl win Sunday night? <laughs> uh, yeah, I have. It's it's all but done. Because our buddy here texted me, Mark texted me Sunday night, and said this was the most excited he'd been since 1991. I think it, no, I think what I said is my it's my most enjoyable. It's my favorite team. Yeah, my favorite, favorite team. Lions team, like collection of players and coaches. Which is the same thing, right? The way the season goes. Well, no, I mean because there's there's been better teams in this one. But the the futures never quite look like this, and just the excitement was, that you had that I, I saw and felt from a lot of different people. The fact that f- you texted me Sunday night like that, right? Staying up past your yeah. bedtime? Well, no. But <laughs> this a, is I'm 47. This is, I don't have a bedtime. This is like the Super Bowl in that the Lions season ended with a win, right? Every other season ends with a loss, either in the Pretty regular much. season or the playoffs. So in that sense... And, and on national television, it ended with a win, right? Which yeah, is and how unusual. They, and how they did it. And, you know, I don't know. This team just has an identity, which you don't really have that with the Lions. Even I wore a Lions hat two weeks ago and uh, realized I looked silly and wouldn't wear it again. But, I mean, even I'm like the Grinch. My heart grew a couple sizes this season when it comes to the Lions. No, you're not allowed. You've but always loved the Lions. You just you, no, you he doesn't. You, he hates them. No, he, he doesn't. Yes, he yes, he does. put them aside for a while to protect his, to protect himself, and I understand that. You know? No, no. My greatest fear is that I'm going to lose many hours of productive time on Sunday because I might actually have to watch these mutts. Because they may be fun to watch. I'll watch them as a fan of the sport, but I can't. It's going to take a while for me to cheer for the Lions. But that's that's not why we're here today. We're here because we have a special guest, Greg Sutter, 
who is the leg man for Elmore Dutch Leonard. You're probably sitting here saying, what is a leg man? I did. You did. Well, I, that's, I said that. I, that's said, a, I didn't even know this thing existed. It's a natural question. A leg man is something that's been employed by writers. And at, at one time, newspaper columnists throughout, uh, throughout the history of our profession, where when you're trying to dig into something, you need somebody who can get to the bottom of it, people who can move and groove and get, get the, uh, the low down. Maybe you can't get there yourself. Maybe you're working on something else. It, it becomes one of these, these relationships where there's tremendous collaboration, where in the same way that it takes multi, multiple metals to make a really good sword, you have to have a partner who's keen, who's fearless, and who thinks like you do, knows what you're looking for, and can provide you some of that raw material you're looking for to take something that could be great and turn it into something tremendous. That's what Greg has been doing for years He's now working on a memoir about his relationship with Elmore Leonard and his work, and he joins us, I think, from Los Angeles. Although you're wearing, you're wearing sort of the uh, the Dallas fedora. You, that's kind of the pork pie hat of the South. No, I'm in LA. LA. Okay. Where else? Where else would you be when you're involved in in uh, in intellectual property and and some great stuff? And you heard us play Justified off the top of the show. We're going to talk to Greg a little bit about his role in Justified, including something that some keen-eyed people may have caught. But all this is brought to us and possible because of the generosity of Luke Nowacki and Pinnacle Wealth Strategies and David Hall of Hall Financial. We'll tell you in a little while how they can save you a lot of money and help you prepare for an easy retirement at a time right now we're all worried about our financial future. So thanks to Luke and David Hall. We'll talk about them in a minute. But Greg is kind enough to join us. Uh, Greg, tell us, you know, where do you apply for a job like this? I imagine it's not uh, something that you found on LinkedIn. No, they didn't have any LinkedIn back in '79. Uh, um, it uh, it it came out of it came out of being a uh, a super fan uh, at a time when Dutch had not yet really been discovered uh, nationally. I mean, we knew about him in Detroit. I mean, he he was he was written up a lot. You know, uh, not a whole lot, but I mean, people knew who he was. But um, I had a uh, or have a friend uh, from Oakland. I went to Oakland University, and um, Russ Ryan, my good friend. Um, he introduced me to hard-boiled American fiction and film noir. And those are not really exactly where Dutch was coming from, but we wanted to start a newsletter, uh, a zine, as they called it back then, called Noir. And um, we thought, well, you know, how are we going to distinguish ourselves in some way and, uh, you know, let's do something a little different. So we decided we would do an interview. We would try to do an interview with Elmore Leonard. And um, he was in the book. We looked him up, you know, lived in Birmingham, Merrillwood Apartments. Called him up. He said, sure, come on by. And we went we, we went by and uh, got some books signed. And, you know, he told us what he was working on, which at the time was City Primeval, which, you know, is part of the, the new Justified uh, series. And uh, I told him, I said, look, I'm in the library a lot. If you ever need anything, you know, let me know. And and uh, a couple years later, he uh, he called me and said, "Hey, uh, you want to want to do some uh, you know some research for me?" It, it was on stress, <laughs> which um, was uh, a program, an acronym for a for a Detroit police program called Stop the Robberies, yep. Enjoy Safe Streets, which was essentially a uh, a decoy squad. There were a lot of uh, a lot of atrocities, a lot of uh, uh, you know uh, violence and murders and all that. And so you know that was that was what his character Walter Cusa. Uh, 
had been had been in stress in 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 the book Split Images, which was the first book I worked on in 1981. So to to uh, give people a little context on stress, they took a very Raylan Givens approach to justice, which was often shoot first and uh, let somebody else ask the questions. Because that, that was a Coleman policy, wasn't it? Uh, well, it, stress was in the. It was very popular. Was, was the was the mayor at the time? It was pre okay. uh, pre Coleman. Oh, he yeah. got rid of it. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah. He that's, that's, one of the reasons yeah. he got elected <laughs> yeah. was he ran against the police chief who oversaw yeah. stress and the big four, which was basically for the biggest cops you could fit in a car driving around right, and right. dispensing street yeah. justice. Mm-hmm. And the, the only thing liberal about him was their liberal use of uh, violence. But yeah. but to tell people a little bit about Elmore Leonard, it, it seems a shame that we might have to tell anybody about his background, but he was a local, I believe he was an ad copywriter who wanted to be a writer. He wrote serialized fictions, Western, uh, probably not as much detective stuff until later, but he used to hang out with the homicide unit at the Detroit Police Department and absorb a lot of what he saw. And he's known for being one of the great dialogue writers and one of the great character writers. And the dialogue and the characters would drive the, the stories and a lot of them are set in Detroit and a lot of them are in, in well, a lot in Florida as well and other places. And, and some of these exotic places, I, I believe you went to Cuba too, right, Greg? Yep, but sure these, these portraits that he painted were things that may have first been seen by your eyes. Well, well, like Cuba was a different story. He was pretty much done with the book uh, when I went to Cuba. I kept bugging him. I'd say, you want me to go to Cuba? And he, he'd say, no, it's not necessary. And it really wasn't. But uh, then he finally he said, yeah, you go, you can go. And um, I I, I, I like to say that I was uh, researching uh, the film uh, that was never made, you know, but uh, you know, I, I did go all over Cuba. But get, going back to your other question about, about you know, Dutch, is that I mean, Dutch was born in New Orleans. His father was a dealership, uh, well, his father was an accountant, and then he then he became a, a, uh, a dealership planner for General Motors, um, and they moved around the south to uh, Dallas, Memphis, Oklahoma City, and finally settled permanently in Detroit in 1934, and uh, so Dutch, you know, for all intents and purposes, you know, was a Detroiter, and he, um, you know, he he liked he liked to act out movies. He he, he loved westerns, uh, you know, the the early westerns. You know, he absorbed all that, and um, he went, you know, he went in the service. He was in the Seabees in the South Pacific, and came home, uh, went to U of D, graduated, and then decided that well, he was going to go. He was he was going to go into uh, business with his father. His father, Elmore Senior, Elmore. John Leonard Sr. had gotten the ultimate gift that a General Motor, a good General Motors person would get, which was his own dealership. And it was in Las Cruces, New Mexico. And Dutch was going to go work for his dad. And he was going to go to, believe it or not, Dealer's Son School, which was a thing that they had back then because that was sort of an apprentice son deal. And then in 49, uh, his uh, father uh, uh, had a cerebral hemorrhage and died. Uh, General Motors credit uh, GM AC would not. He wanted to. He wanted to keep it going with his brother-in-law, but General Motors said, "No, we don't think so." But somebody slipped him a card uh, and said, "Here, why don't you go see if you can get a job uh, with uh, Campbell Ewald?" So he went there and uh, and worked his way up. Uh, got on the got on the Chevy account, the Chevrolet account, because it was up to the '55 Chevy. You couldn't call it Chevy. You had to call it Chevrolet because they that was you know that was they were so dowdy.
reality. But then finally, when they realized that the that the burgeoning youth generation was buying these cars, you could call it Chevy. So he did that. But at the same time, he decided he wanted to become a writer. And so he started, uh, he, he wanted to break in. So he broke in writing Westerns and, uh, you know, very influenced by Hemingway. And in the 50s, he wrote, he would write for the Western Pulse. And he wrote, you know, 30 stories in the 50s, including 310 to Yuma, which was his 10th story, and The Captives, which was filmed as The Tall T, both of which are considered to be probably top 100 Westerns. Uh, the, the, the 310, uh, probably higher. And, uh, and then he decided, well, I want to write something else because the Western market had dried up. So he, you know, he, he got his uh, profit sharing bonus from uh, General Motors, but um, his wife uh, decided that she wanted a house in Birmingham. So they, you know, he, they, they put the down payment on that instead of like using the money that he could use to write, you know, to write a non-Western. And so for the next six years, he kind of wandered in the Detroit desert. He worked for George Hearst uh, of Hearst Floor Shifter fame, did all of his ads for Hot Rod and Motor Trend, really cool ads, and uh, wrote uh, Encyclopedia Britannica films. And then finally, his his uh, Western Ombre, his final Western novel from that period, um, you know, hit. He got some money, got about 10 grand from, uh, from the studio, and uh, then started writing uh, essentially he wrote the big bounce which is which is a michigan you know michigan novel basically uh and then he he started developing properties that you know that got him a hollywood screenwriting career a minor career doing that and you know so he you know he buzzed through moonshine war valdez is coming mr majestic joe kid and then finally he discovered uh george v higgins the friends of eddie coyle and realized that wow this is how to this is how to write crime so that's when he started writing crime novels set in Detroit, 52 pickups, swag, hey, uh, the ultimate Detroit story, the car salesman and the car thief that get together and uh, develop the uh, Ten Commandments of Success and Happiness through armed robbery. Hey, Greg, uh, speaking of 310 to Yuma, which I remember, what I remember about that movie is Ben Foster, who I think I'd only seen in Six Feet Under, and then to see him play a bad guy in that yeah. movie, it was just, and you're right, that's one of the best. That was the, that was the remake. Yeah, there's oh, the two. Oh, there's, there's two you're right. Them, yeah. Glenn Sorry, Ford that's what I was in the original. What? The original was Glenn, Glenn Ford. That's right, that's, but the remake yeah, to me is one of the great underrated really westerns in the in the, the last 30 40 years so what are a couple of your favorite films of his of his books get shorty of course yeah. because that was the film that really you know uh cemented his reputation as a bankable uh writer for hollywood because he his reputation had been tarnished by the movie stick which starred burt reynolds who yeah. also directed it and it was horrible you know it was like <laughs> just all this aping around and then um well, well then so, greg let me ask you this to that point was was Elmore was he involved in any did he have any say over the movies and in the script and did he were there adaptations that he just hated oh yeah there the list is long I mean you know, he would always say the books on the shelf you know and that would be his his philosophical attitude about some of the, the horrible uh, adaptations but uh, no I mean there were there were many many stinkers I mean but there were I mean there were a lot of I mean like I said 310 tall T ombre out of sight was, was pretty good I was gonna say how about Jackie Brown be my third would be another another choice of mine uh when he worked with talented screenwriters or he or his talented screenwriters were were hired like like uh, uh scott frank who who wrote get shorty and out of sight and uh of course tarantino uh, you know jackie brown yeah did he like jackie brown did you appreciate he loved that it. yeah he loved it. it was his favorite it's the because, tone right he's hard to catch he, he always said that that tarantino put the book on the screen whatever that means i mean it's kind of a hard to just hard to explain thing but that that the essence of 
uh, which is interesting because I was just listening to Ben Mankiewicz's um, uh, podcast, The Plot Thickens, you know, about uh, the final episode is about uh, basically Jackie Brown. And Tarantino actually made that sort of as a homage to, uh, well, it was, it, was, it was based on an Elmore Leonard, but it was an homage to the black exploitation films that Pam Greer starred in. So, you know, it's kind of, but it, it just worked and it was so exciting, you know, that uh, I, I remember being on, we were on the, uh, in 97, we were on the set of uh, that summer uh, of uh, Jackie Brown, the scene where, um, uh, the trunk scene where that, where uh, uh, Chris, was it Chris Rock was the, was the guy that was in the trunk. Uh, I, I, it was, I may have that wrong, but anyway, and Tarantino was there and he, he was like an excited kid. I mean, just seeing him, the way he directed and, and, you know, it was like he wanted to jump in that trunk. He wanted to play all the parts. That was how I felt about him. But, but Did, yeah, that was, didn't uh, Samuel Jackson have some kind of rat tail in that movie? Or, uh, <laughs> yeah. And Chris Rock was in it too. But why does Tarantino have rights to any other books? I mean, you would think of, of well, there, there's, there's talk that he, that he still has his fingers in, uh, uh, 40 lashes, less one, but, uh, he had what, what the, the, the progression was that when Tarantino was a teenager, he, he shoplifted a copy of the switch, which mm-hmm. was another one of Dutch's, uh, uh, 70s Detroit novels about a Bloomfield Hills tennis mom who's kidnapped and her husband doesn't want doesn't want to pay the ransom. Which the whole big thing about uh, you know rude uh, was it rude people that that said ripped them off. But whatever. But anyway, um, he's ripped this book off. He got caught. Then he went back and stole it again. And that, and that book uh, had the characters of uh, Louis Guerra and and uh, uh, Ardell Robbie who were reprised in Rum Punch. So after Reservoir Dogs, uh, he wanted to buy. He wanted to make Rum Punch. He wanted to, you know, he loved Elmore Leonard. And uh, the 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 uh, agent said, "Well, you know, okay, we'll we'll keep you in mind." And then Pulp Fiction came out, and um, or or they saw they saw rushes of Pulp Fiction, and they realized, yeah, well, this guy's Mash. got it. Yeah, and image. and then and then uh, Harvey Weinstein uh, at Miramax uh, option of you know several Elmore Leonards, including Kill Shot and um, and Freaky Deaky. And you know, mm-hmm. and he didn't make any because because Tarantino basically he he moves on from from obsession to obsession or or subject to subject. And so when he was done with Jackie Brown, he was basically done with with Elmore Leonard. But he did have a role in this new one, uh, this new series that's coming out this uh, this summer, I believe. Um, in saying to Tim Oliphant, do it. You know, I mean, like you know, I mean, you know, like that kind of like putting it to get helping Tim. Well, Tim didn't didn't need a lot of a lot of pushing because I'm sure that that you know that it, you know I mean. It, you know, I run ElmoreLeonard.com and um, I put anything up or about Justified and I get hundreds of hundreds of likes. I mean, people are just still really enamored with uh, the whole thing. So one of the things I remember about Stick, and this was written by my friend and colleague, uh, El- uh, Neil Rubin, when the movie came out. or No, he was, doing, he was doing a profile on Elmore Leonard and how his movies didn't translate to film so well. And one of the reasons I think that, uh, that Get Shorty was such a great movie is when you read the book, it's almost exactly the movie. And, and and it's tough to do better than Elmore Leonard. But Elmore Leonard had a a poster from the movie in his basement, and the tagline for the movie was the only thing he couldn't stick to was the rules. And Neil caught that that Dutch had said the only thing he couldn't stick to was the script. That's so, right. So he would get frustrated when you sell the rights, you kind of, you know, turn your child loose out in the world. You don't know whether they're gonna turn him into a princess or a prostitute. 
But but Greg, I want to talk about some of the adventures that you had with Elmore Leonard, some of the more extraordinary assignments you may have been sent on and what it was like uh, to be out there and kind of be his eyes and ears and report things back to the master. Well, um, it's not as... Dutch had such a great imagination that he, that he didn't need a lot. You know, he didn't need me to go out and find him like stuff per se. It was pr- pretty much to, you know, record people, uh, you know, do location photography. Um, but 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 because he, he sort of respected my intuition, you know, my sense of stuff that he would be interested in uh, that was really where I uh, you know had a lot of fun like I was down in uh, in in in, uh, in the early 90s I was down in I wasn't living in Florida yet I moved to Florida uh, in uh, in 92 uh, before I before I moved out here in 97 but I was like um, I, I you know everybody I knew was either a cop uh, a probation officer a judge you know all these people that I had you know come to you know know uh, you, you must work. have gotten a lot of trouble back then <laughs> and then and so but then I met these local guys, these these lo- lo- local lowlifes that I people that I could hang around with, you know, I, you know. And this one guy, Bernie Oliver, he said, uh, you know, there's gonna he, he understood what I was doing. He says, well, there's gonna be a there's gonna be a Nazi clan rally tomorrow in 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 Palm Beach. So th- this was before the this was a <laughs> this is before the current period when that was still you know like <clears throat> yeah when they were they're good people on both sides, right? <laughs> right. So, so I had a video camera and I had, you know, still camera and, 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 and we went over there and it was just hilarious. It was like, there were like about 18 Nazis. It, 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 you know, there were like Nazis, uh, Klansmen wearing different colors. Uh, and, uh, a, a term I coined, which was bikers for racism, which was like the kind of build out this small crew. There was 200 cops there working overtime. Why there were so few Nazis was because a lot of them got lost and couldn't get there in time. So, so much for the it, master it race. Just, <laughs> it was just ridiculous. And and they were all like skinhead type Nazis and they had a little skinhead uh, uh, girlfriends and there's one girl who was saying Kimmy, Kimmy, you suck. Your band sucks. And it was like, just like, you know, it, it, I just thought, he's got to use this. He's got to use this. He's writing Rum Punch at the time. And he kept resisting. You know, I kept saying, look, look watch the video. Look at this. You know, this is so cool. And then fi- I had this three-time rule with Dutch, you know, where where I, I would introduce something. I, after three times, I'd give up. <clears throat> but I, I he didn't say anything, and then he sent me the um, the opening act because he would always sort of you know write an act, figure out what the what, you know put everybody in place, and then and then go from there. And in the opening act, I look, I read it, and it's the it's it's the opening scene is Ordell and Lewis at this rally. Well, Al so, sure is watching us on on YouTube and says, "Cool guest today, guys." Absolutely. So so Greg, did this work? Where where Dutch would say, "Hey, I want you to go look for this. I want you to send me some some patois. I want you to get me some dialogue, paint a scene for me." Or were you just kind of roving around and said, "Oh my God, this is the boss is going to love this. I'm going to send this back." Uh, yeah, well, dialogue basically, you know, I would never presume to to say that I brought him dialogue because that that you know that that he he knew you know he he could make people talk. Sometimes you know there'd be an there'd be an expression uh, that you know just the one like. Um, uh, like I would, or, or it be, might be something I said. Like I said one time, I said, "Yeah, and it, oh, I was at this 
you know, I was at Lily's in Hamtramck. And I said, yeah, and these girls were iggying around. And he used that. I mean, he like, you know, he would listen. He would he would just love to, you know, I mean, be there, fly on the wall. And and, and that's what <clears throat> that's what all the great, uh, you know, dialogue writers uh, did. Like Raymond Chandler, uh, he used to go to the Hotel Barclay in downtown Los Angeles and just sit there and listen to people talk, you know, and, and come up with little little expressions. But that's how Dutch, you know, like he, one time he got he got roped into going to a um, a, <clears throat> a wine tasting party or some something like that. And he just says to a guy, hey, what do you do for a living? And the guy said, well, I'm a bull semen salesman. And, you know, and you just <laughs> knew, great. okay, that's going to be in a book. Yeah. He, he just loved the unusual. But I, you know, I, I did a lot of um, uh, library work at the beginning. Uh, a lot, of, you know, like I would interview, like you know, I would go out and do interviews. Like I'd go to Okmulgee, Oklahoma, interview a pecan farmer or, uh, you know, like, and then, and then finally in, 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 in 03, he decided, or 02, he decided to write another, uh, like, uh, cop story. Yeah. Your previous question you had asked, but in, in 78, the editor of the Detroit News Sunday magazine commissioned him to write a profile of the Detroit, uh, police, uh, homicide, homi- uh, felony homicide squad seven. And so he, um, took a piece, which, which, which normally, you know, like when you write a feature, you know, like you might get three or four days on it and then you got to write it up and move on. Well, he spent months with these guys. They would call him up and say, hey, Dutch, we got a triple in Hamtramck, you know, and he'd come <laughs> in the middle of the night. And so that was the basis for City Primeval, High Noon in Detroit, was Greg, just that experience. Greg, you mentioned that you did a lot of research and you, you would travel and interview people, but he was still writing when the internet came out. I mean, did the internet cut into your job at all? Oh, <laughs> internet. I mean, it made it, you know, I mean, it made it so easy. I mean, you know, like, uh, I, I mean, I was going, I would end up in the, in the early 80s, I would go, sometimes I would go up to Lansing to the state of Michigan library Ooh. just to get one article uh, on something. You know, I mean, you would have to go where the, you know, and I, di- you know, they had dialogue and in, in, in these different uh, expensive, uh, 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 you know, like online utilities. But I mean, you know, you had to know what you were looking for. And, and then, then in, in, um, in the early 90s, they gave him a uh, complimentary subscription to um, Nexus. Oh, yeah. <laughs> which, which I totally abused. I mean, you know, it was sort of like uh, this friend of mine, you know, had been banned from this one all-you-can-eat uh, uh, <laughs> restaurant because, because you know, he really took them seriously. You could eat a lot. That was, that was what Nexus was like for me. I mean, so then you could just you could just go for hours and just, you know, uh, they ended up they ended up like uh, that was a limited program. But but then I got Nexus and, and of course Google and everything else. And you know, yeah, I mean, he he we would be on the phone. I would I would be on the phone with him every day, and he would ask me a question. He would go like, um, what what's the best what baseball bat has the best sweet spot if you want to like beat somebody to death? And so like you know, I would just be you know, and he'd always like say this to people like, yeah, Greg is like kind of like, I I could hear him typing and you know, so you know that you know so yeah, I mean he, he, you know just in, in you know and at the end you know at the end of you know the end of his life you know toward the end you know we were working on Blue Dreams and um you know I would find stuff and I would fa- fax it to him. He had a fax machine, fax. but he didn't believe in computers. I mean he he just one time I put my laptop on his lap to show him something and he got you know kind of like handed it back to me like I was putting like a, a you know like a, a you know a dung pile on his back. You know he just hated he, he just thought it was stupid. I mean he you know people would say oh you should get a word processor you can write faster and he thought that was ridiculous. You know that, that Greg, the idea that, that that somehow would be be a, be a plus to write faster. Did he ever send you into a situation that turned out to be a little stickier than you anticipated or a situation that he knew might be kind of dangerous so he said well I could go but I got Greg on 
the payroll, so let's stick his neck out. No, he would never. You know, first of all, he would never go anywhere because he didn't want to leave his desk. That was what this was all about. You know, he he, he had no problem doing research. He you know he'd done a lot of research in his time, especially for the westerns. I mean, book research and 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 you know for you know for uh, Moonshine War, he went down to Kentucky with David E. Davis, the name you might know, uh, who, who worked with him at Campbell E. Wall <clears throat> to study moonshiners and stuff like that. But no, I mean there was the, the danger. I, I I got into a little bit of a problem in Milan, Italy. I uh, I went into a hotel that was run by the Zips, you know, the the, the Sicilian uh, mafia guys, and um, I was told that. And I went in there, and uh, I, I was confronted, you know, and uh, <laughs> I managed to I managed to get out of the, the the situation. But but that was me. I mean, he wouldn't do. And you know, and I I went to Cuba. I mean, that was on me too. I mean, that wasn't really dangerous, you know. I mean, it was you know there was you know I wasn't uh, going to be thrown into uh, into uh, El Moro Castle or anything, but uh, and then and then like uh, we had a guy, we had a guy in Rwanda, Neely Tucker, a name you might recall. I mean, Neely uh, uh, knew a guy whose um, wife was a diplomat in uh, Kilgali, Rwanda. So uh, we hired uh, James Skaskill is his name. I'm probably murdering his name, but he uh, he took pictures for us in Rwanda, and I and I said something like you know flip like I don't go to any place where there's you know genocide or or whatever. But you know I was for pagan babies, which was half Rwanda, half Detroit, which is kind of funny. But um, no, I, he'd never, I mean, that would never, you know, that would, I, I, I would, I would endanger myself maybe, but not, not, okay. not. And Greg, were you paid by the, the publishing company, by Hollywood, by Dutch himself? No, Dutch paid me. Okay. And um, before we go, I want to, I want to touch on Justified again. What was your, what was your role in the original series and, uh, and, and to what extent are you involved in in, in the new one that's coming out where you said Tarantino encouraged Timothy Oliphant to come back and, and revive Raylan Givens. Well, in the original series, <clears throat> they bought <clears throat> they bought Fire in the Hole, which was a which which was a uh, uh, a short story that Dutch wrote for um Contentville, which was the first ebook publisher, uh, which was funny because he didn't have, you know, ebooks. I mean, he wouldn't even know what it was. But he wrote, he he decided he would bring Raylan home to Harlan. And so he wrote Fire in the Hole, and then and then uh, and then that was that was uh, uh, you know FX uh, and, and and the uh, production company they they decided uh, to to base a series on that. And uh, so uh, the pilot was basically fire in the hole. And uh, then uh, they started doing the series and they invited uh, uh, Dutch to come on the set. And I was living out here by that time. And so we we, we went to Santa Clarita where they were shooting and everybody said, hey, uh, write some more Raylan stories for us. And so Dutch, he as an executive producer, he felt, oh, well, I'm obliged to do so. So he, he uh, wrote um, basically three stories uh, that were connected in, in, in into a novel. And as those stories were being written, I would send Graham Yost, the, the showrunner, I would send him pages and we would go back and forth uh, like that. Um, and, you know, and I would periodically, you know, be on, uh, be invited to the set or to, to premieres or, you know, to se- you know, season premieres or to, uh, uh, you know, like the finale, I was there when they, sh- when they shot the final episode, which was, which is really, really amazing uh, to be in this situation like that and um so that was it i mean it was really no i mean i was you know and when it was in the writer's room a few times but 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 never any you know i would i was just a go-between more or less you know like uh but they uh, named a character after you after after you didn't they they they, they did they did uh deputy uh u.s marshal greg sutter that was uh now, did he get shot or did he shoot
shoot somebody. No, he he didn't get shot, and I don't think he shot anybody. I can't. It's been so long, I can't remember. But uh, no, he uh, that was in the second from last season that he was introduced. Okay. And, but as far as the new one is concerned, I don't have anything to do with that. I mean, that, what they did was they took they, they took Raylan alone, which a lot of people are a little. I don't know. You know, the true super fans they they want to see uh, Boyd Crowder. They want to see you know Walt Goggins' character. They want to see the other characters. But it's just Raylan and a new bad guy from what they did what it is is a mashup between Justified and City Primeval which okay. was Dutch's 1980 novel and set in the present and um, but they shot it in Chicago that's which, Hollywood for you <laughs> where, where they said that, that Michigan was no longer giving the you know the great deals so that was kind of I don't know they, they might have shot some uh, sort of some uh, uh, back coverage you know in sure. in, in Detroit I, I, I just haven't been you know I haven't been part of that I'm just like anybody else I'm just looking forward to uh, I think it's going to come out this summer. Okay. And so to find out more about what you're working on and the memoir, we go to elmoreleonard.com? Well, yes. I mean, you find out more about, you know, just Elmore Leonard news. I'm kind of, I'm really not talking about the memoir until I finish it. Okay. You know, but, okay. But, 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 I, but I I do post, uh, regularly post stories, uh, you know, for, uh, you know, for the fans who are, you know, they're, they're, they're very loyal. And uh, and so I, 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 I'll find stories, you know, that, that every once in a while I publish them. Well, Greg, when that memoir is ready to go, we'd love to have you come back and tell us about it and tell people where they can find it. Uh, Colette is watching us on Facebook, says, interesting stories of a legend. I would say interesting stories of a legend from someone who knew him better than probably anybody. Greg Sutter joining us, the leg man for Elmore Leonard. Uh, Greg, thanks for making the time. Great stories, and we can't wait to see what makes it between uh, bindings on your uh, on your memoir. Do you have a working Thank title? Huh? He doesn't want to talk about it, ML, until he finishes it. Just tease well, us. Well, wor- the working title is, I mean, there was two working titles, uh, but the one that's sort of, you know, working for me right now is My Life Starring Elmore Leonard. Not bad, not yeah. bad. Okay, hey, thanks, Greg. We really appreciate the time. Thank you. Well, that's uh, that's quite uh, quite a uh, story. I, I um, I would like to see more Walton Goggins in anything, oh, he's so good. but I think the yeah. new Justified will be pretty good in City Primeval, like. Like a lot of Elmore Leonard's uh, books, it's just fan- fantastic reading. He spans he spans the decades, the genres, everything. Uh, just a uh, just a real a national treasure from right here. We didn't talk about Fifty Two Pickup and Roy Scheider. Uh, if we're gonna talk <laughs> about Fifty Two Pickup, I want to talk about Anne Margaret. I don't care about Roy. Scheider. You don't care about Roy Scheider. <laughs> Still a big. Uh, and it's probably good we didn't talk about Be Cool, wasn't that the? Uh, that was also John Travolta, right? Yeah, that along was the with follow-up. Get Shorty. That was the, the follow up. Yeah, yeah. yeah did, was that based on a follow up novel or was yeah, that just a script? Yeah, I think. Uh-huh. Yeah, there okay. was a, there was a book. Yeah. Okay, but yeah, no, Elmore Leonard. Wow, and Joe Kidd, a great western. He did so. Uh, anyway, so many, so many great things. Uh, if you're looking to do some great things with your money, don't bother. You got to hire somebody who really knows what they're doing. So we humbly suggest that you turn to Luke Nowacki of Pinnacle Wealth Strategies. Oh yeah, January big month for uh, finances, right? You got to pay all those credit card bills. Taxes coming up. Quarterly taxes are due if you're one of those people. Um, yeah, but taxes in March, so a lot of finance stuff, a lot of decisions to be made. You're gonna have to know how this is going to affect your current and future financial goals. 
goals. So that's why we ask Luke Nowacki and his team at Pinnacle Wealth Strategies. They can help you plan for all your financial goals, both today and well into the future. Call Luke today, 248-663-4748 for a complimentary consultations to see if your plan aligns with your goals. Because when you call Luke, he'll make it all about you, sweetheart. Securities and investment advisory services offered through Royal Alliance Associates, Inc. Member FINRASIPC. Royal Alliance Associates, Inc. is separately owned and other entities and or marketing names. Products or services referenced here are independent of Royal Alliance Associates, Inc. Now, you probably do need some money right now, or maybe you're looking to purchase a home or refinance at home. Well, I've used David Hall of Hall Financial twice to do a couple deals. They both worked out great, and we think that he might be able to help you too. Yeah, they can help you become debt-free and get a cash-out refinance from Hall Financial. It's a great way to use the equity in your home to pay off high-interest credit card debt. All it takes is a free five-minute mortgage review with Hall Financial to get you and your family in a better position. Call, get the money you need right now with a cash-out refinance from Hall Financial. Call Hall Financial, 866-CALL-HALL, or chat with them online at callhallfirst.com. And when you call David Hall, he'll make it all about lower rates and better savings. Is that supposed to be your cue to Geek of the Week, or did you want no, to no, talk no, about no, other no? Things? I just, I just want to tell you, <laughs> if you're trying to reach them, please make sure that our sponsors know that you found out about them from the show. And if you're trying to find a link to their website, you can find it on our website, which is mlsoulofdetroit.com. If you're watching us on Facebook or YouTube, we really appreciate it. One of the things that you can do to help the show, too, is just to subscribe to our YouTube channel. It's been rebranded as Soul of Detroit. All you have to do is subscribe. It doesn't cost you anything. It's real easy. And when you get there, click the bell so you'll get a notification whenever we go live or whenever we have new content available. It really helps the show. We would love to get to 1,000 subscribers. We're at 328 right now. So we have a ways to go, but with your help, I know we'll get there. All right. Is that your cue for Geek of the Week, or did you want to talk about other here's, here's my cue for Geek of the Week. And now, our Geek of the Week. Right after we talk about the Michigan Supreme Court, we will get to Geek <laughs> of the Week. Because speaking of Justified, you know, we have uh, we have justices. What's the song today? Oh, we're not to 7, 6, or 9. You got some time. Oh, we're not there. Go back Sean, to bed. Sean's in a hurry. He's, he's, well, you finish your nap. No, I just have to use Someone get him a blanket. <laughs> he's late and in a hurry. Um, so, no, it, there was a lot uh, a lot that came out last week. And one of the most unprecedented things you'll ever see, basically what happens behind the scenes in, in courthouses is largely a mystery. With Supreme Courts, it's incredibly obscure and Byzantine. One of the great pieces of investigative reporting you'll read is a book called The Brethren, written by... Bob Woodward and Scott Armstrong about behind the scenes machinations. Wait, are you the, the geek US of the Supreme week? Court? We're not there yet. Go back for use in the word Byzantine. <laughs> no, no, it's it's uh, it's 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 in the dictionary. Is that what you're doing? Okay. Um, I I learned it from Dutch. Oh, okay. It's one of his his encyclopedia yeah. entries or encyclopedia, yeah. as some people call it. Yeah. But <clears throat> excuse me. Um, but we um, we saw uh, a peek behind the robes last week where. State Supreme Court Justice Richard Bernstein criticized new State Supreme Court, Court Justice Kyra Bolden for bringing, bringing on a clerk who had quite a criminal past. And Mark, did, what, what did you make of all this? Oh, I was I was just surprised at how hard Bernstein came out about it. Because um, what happened, you know, Bernstein's 48, this law clerk's 48 too. So, you know, similar age. Um, but what this guy did, I think it was armed robbery, uh, when he was a teenager and he fired at the police chasing him, thankfully did not hit anybody, but he went to prison. He went to prison for a long time. Uh, I believe he was in solitary for like a good eight years. Yeah. Yeah. But he, he got out and earned his law degree. So he has a law degree and I think he was clerking and working on, you know, 
prison reform. And she hired him just to clerk, just to be a law clerk. I mean, he's not elected to. Right. And they have multiple clerks and a lot of support research staff. And that's, that's really what they do. They do a lot of research. They might write the first, um, you know, version of a, of a, of a ruling or whatever, but they do a lot of, a lot of the legwork for the justices. And Bernstein came out and was really mad that this guy was hired because he said they would have to oversee cases about the police. Now, why is it up to, to Richard Bernstein, which where this guy can work as a lawyer? That 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 was my first question. What he's not the, the state supreme justice court is so prestigious that this guy can't even clerk for him, but yeah. he can go do other things. I, I just thought that was a little weird. And if if you're the kind, I would think Bernstein would believe in you know prison as being kind of a reform rehabilitation rehabilitation yeah which sure. this guy did what he did sucks it's bad optics for for her to hire him but she hired him yeah and he was 19 20 years old when this happened so it's not like he was just a wee one he was old enough that he probably should have been pretty close to knowing better but he did to become a lawyer you have to pass character and fitness before they'll give you your bar card so he'd been scrutinized and had passed muster from all accounts he seemed to have put together a pretty good career he he being pete martell is the guy's name um 14 years in prison a decade in solitary confinement finally paroled in 08 in 2016 earned a law degree yeah and And he's enrolled as a doctoral student at uh, the school of public policy at u of m and chief justice outgoing chief judge justice uh, bridget mccormick uh, jumped into the fray she too taught him. Yeah. and said, you know, this guy was an extraordinary student. I wish I had hired him. Kind of wonder why she didn't. But what, what struck me about this whole thing is Bernstein and Bolden are both Democrats. They kind of ran together. And for one justice to criticize another justice is extraordinary. It seems for, childish. Doesn't it seem childish? Well, I, I, and I, if he had a problem with it, why not talk to her? Why, why blast it out in the press? Yeah, and, before you talk to her. And, and the other thing is, so so breaking kind of the the black robe of silence is is unheard of. But then when people brought up to him, like, well, you guys ran together on the same ticket. He said, well, that's the Democrats put us together. I don't, I'm not with her anymore. I, we, that's the point okay. where we separated. I, that's fair. I think that's a good point. I think that's a no, good point. No, it is fair be, because the way we nominate Supreme Court justices and attorney general candidates and secretary of state candidates is bullshit. Basically a small number of party loyalists pick who goes on the belt. Same Amen. thing happens with university trustees and it's, things. Like, and obviously they're picking some of the best and brightest because they haven't misled the people about the how they run our universities but that's a whole nother topic well, you're right it's horseshit how these but, people get yeah chosen. no it, it's 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 pretty sketchy so the system's the geek of the week we're not there yet oh. go back to bed you oh. can take the leak of the week if you want we got, <laughs> the, the adults are talking here we'll be, we'll be i'm shocked you don't have an opinion on this we'll we'll ring a bell for you in a minute I don't. <laughs> but but i i guess the way i come on the actual so to watch the drama play out and now bernstein has since apologized, apologized about, yeah. and martell resigned yeah um, he did yeah you know, taking a shot at a cop, pretty bad judgment of, of any age, frankly. But I think if you do believe in redemption and paying your price, this guy did seem to do the work and put himself in a position where he could bring a perspective to some of these deliberations in the Supreme Court. 
I mean, he has a pretty unique perspective, and he might have been very, he could always be the one guy that everybody says, oh, there's Martel, turn him loose, Martel again, where he becomes ignored. But it seemed like once he got hired, they probably should have given him a chance. I, I'm just impressed that you believe in redemption now. Sean, well, it, your it, presence it, on this show every week is proof that I believe in redemption. I mean? If you well, don't, then why do we have a parole system, right? Well, no, I do, but I'm just impressed Mike does. That's nice. I can see you haven't been listening. Perhaps it's the uh, it's the uh, the. Um, I just want to be your leg man, and then get no. invited on a podcast. Down I the road. Well, I know you're a leg man because you can't stop talking about <laughs> uh, Fellhowers. No, not I don't his, feel comfortable wearing some, shorts in some this room sweet anymore. Sweet gams not over his, there. Not his thighs. And that'd be an Elmore Leonard just thing too. Sweet gams. gams. Uh, just his calves. Baby cake. <laughs> All right, Sean wants us to move on. Oh, man, the geeks have inherited And what Sean here. wants, he gets. That's known. Does him wanting to play with us again mean that he's turning into a geek? Or we're turning into cool guys? So this week's geek are Jake Wait Runyon. Wait a second. I'm still here. The geek, and now we're doing here? room 76009. No, what? what? Oh, Why I'm do you sorry. go back to bed? I'm sorry. You need to use uh, the water cabinet. That's the room you should <laughs> yeah, be Get out of here. Go to the bathroom. Concerned with. Maybe that'll energize you. Actually, no, no, no. This oh, is. Oh, that was a. God, he just gave me a very. With, I'm frightened. With, now I'm frightened. Why are you frightened? The frightening look you oh, just Oh, I didn't mean me. to. With, with Sean's enlarged prostate, this might not be a long enough segment for him to. to are we empty talking his about the water, the, the water laser that they use to shave the prostate down? Is that what we're talking about? What? Yeah, actually, he can, uh, he can drill through cinder blocks. It's new technology. <laughs> Insurance doesn't pay for it. Medicare does, though. <laughs> Why, and which one of us wanted just to get wrapped up fast? PSA. Yeah, it's, uh, you put yes. the P in PSA. Yes. On behalf of Saul Palmetto Capital, it's uh, Sean Windsor. Um, <laughs> You're the Joe Theismann of this show. Or Theismann. Yeah, um, the man. The, by the way, the, how do you not make the Stetson Bennett the uh, the Heisman Trophy winner? All the guy does is win Heismans. I mean, national championships. he's not the best player in college football. At 5'10". He wins national championships, and Georgia didn't win national did championships. You, did you guys? <laughs> that reminds me. There was a great clip this morning of him throwing a pass to a receiver that was at least thirty yards <laughs> wide know, open. I've never seen a and wide it, receiver that open. And it in my said life. The, the the caption said, "What quarterback in the NFL can make this throw?" <laughs> well, last was, time, by the way, I felt bad for laughing at that, but why? It was that's pretty, hilarious. It was pretty funny. Um, and Stenson Bennett is twenty five years old. He's older than nineteen NFL quarterbacks. So he's halfway to the pension plan. But it's the great, only other quarterback on. I saw throw to somebody that wide open was J.J. McCarthy in Columbus when he hit oh, that Johnson, one dude. Yeah, 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 I mean, I was like, what did oh, everybody... This is way more open than that. Did I, they think it was did, halftime? Did that, I mean, and maybe we'll talk about this later in the show, I don't know, maybe not, but uh, did it, as a Michigan that, that fan... That covers our it, options. As a Michigan fan, did it make you... Uh, not embarrassed, but a little uneasy to watch TCU lose 65-7? to No, not why would it? Because we because lost Because TCU beat Michigan. And the transit of property. Yeah, so had a month, they had a month to prepare for them, and they prepared much better than we did against them. But, but yeah, the transit of property, big deal. Does it make Ohio State look better because they almost beat Georgia? Of course well, it does. Well, Michigan <laughs> beat Ohio State on their field. I mean, it's I. But shouldn't when you daisy chain them all together? It's just kind of annoying because each game is played once, right? That's true. But by Ann Arbor logic, Ohio State is better than Michigan because they lost to. Uh, Georgia by less than TCU did, and TCU beat Michigan, right? Uh, right, I mean, that's kind of how it goes. I, right? I feel like Goodwill Hunting. I need a chalkboard to try and... All uh, I know is that if you're a Buckeyes fan... Yeah, those are all in neutral fields. If you're Michigan Buckeyes wins, fans, just, you're like, okay, yeah, we had the best team, and, and it didn't happen. I, well, if that's how you want to judge yourself by the National game, title, the game yeah. last night... No, I mean, Ohio State or Michigan fan judging their team by the game that was played last night, I don't... 
I don't know. I don't okay. see what, what you can get. Teebs wants us to get the geek of the week, and what Teebs wants, right. Teebs gets. Uh, as I was saying before, I was so rudely interrupted by a man with an ex- rapidly expanding bladder, if not rapidly well, you're still expanding here. consciousness, and so much for my resolution to be brief. Um, Jake Runyon and Chase Comiskey. I was trying to be brief, and we get it. They're geeks of the week. Okay, what's the song? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so these guys are professional fishermen, okay? And last year, they got busted. Are these the walleye guys? Yes, they filled the insides of five. Well, I made them lake- geek of the week. No, we didn't. Yeah, you did. What? The walleye guys? I'm pretty sure you did. But go ahead. So so they cheated a a a walleye tournament? Yes. Okay, good. The fish were (laughs) caught, and after the tournament director, did I really name these? Well, there's some guys who cheat at Cornhole, too. They're geeks of the week. (laughs) Damn it. Sean got his wish. (laughs) That's awesome. Sorry, Teebs. Why is this so awesome? Yeah, I I came here from the doctor where I had my annual physical, and they asked me some questions. Is there anything that has happened to you that would indicate that you're experiencing depression? That I I wish that it happened just before the doctors. I'm very depressed if I pick the same geek of the week twice. I. Well, nobody would have remembered if I didn't say anything. So, I could be wrong. It could be a totally incorrect correction. I wish Greg Sutter was working with me here. I think he could have done the research on it before he chose it. He never got left hanging. Anyways, oh, film noir, detective movies, Elmore, Elvis. Ladies and gentlemen, we bring wow. you Declan McManus with watching the detectives. Wow. Shoot, 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 shoot. They beat him up until the teardrops start. But he 
now Fear is here to stay Love is here for everything Call it instant chest When it's past the legal limit Someone's scratching at the window I wonder who is a better detective Come to check them You belong to the parents Who are ready to hear the rest About the daughter's disappearance So it nearly took a miracle To get you to stay It only took my little fingers To blow you away The detectives don't get cute. Just like watching the detectives. So this song brings together a lot of new wave royalty. It was produced by Nick Lowe. If you don't know Nick Lowe, he did Cruel to Be Kind and lots of other great tunes. Um, Declan McManus, better known as Elvis Costello, said this was inspired by The Clash and Bernard Herrmann, which is kind of an unlikely pairing. Bernard Herrmann, if you've watched any movies of a certain of a certain uh, era, did the music for everything from Westerns to war movies to you name it. And it has kind of a, a Western at the end, that sort of jangly guitar at the end where great song, like, like all the tuning is really loose, but uh Rolling Stone rates this as 363rd of the 500 greatest songs of all times. It does kind of feel like a little bit like an Elmore Leonard story where it tells the story of sort of a cynical guy who's uh, experiencing all these things, just kind of meandering through life. It doesn't quite have the great climax like an Elmore Leonard song would have, but we thought uh, the more Sean has to pee, the more we should give him reasons to sit here at the table and I be thought, very uncomfortable. Uh, I just was blown away that, yeah, by the choice. It was great. I love Elvis, Elvis Costello. I'm sorry that you do not, Mark. No, 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 no. I didn't say I didn't like him. I just said I know people love him. Like, no, I said you don't him. love him, and that's okay. I his, it goes in one ear out the other, right? Well, and I think that's a, I think it's just an age thing for me because I wasn't exposed to him at a young you, age. And you, so you don't probably like a lot of the seventies uh, singer songwriters either. Right? Uh, name some. I'll let you know. I have appreciation for Leo him. Sayer. No, wait, Leo Sayer. That's um, you make me feel like dancing. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Uh, Jackson <laughs> Brown. Jackson Brown would. Yeah, would, nah, nah. Right, you know, no. he'd probably be. But I like James Taylor. Kenny Loggins. This is it. Only with Messina. Oh wow. Well, this yeah. is it. Is a, or whatever the name of that song is. is it's a great song. Is any of your indifference towards Elvis Costello have to do with his kind of prickly personality? No, zero no, whatsoever. Okay. I, so, I'm very good at separating the art from the artist. Well, he's interesting because he doesn't have that that classical, you know, like beautiful voice. I mean, he just kind of he, he just kind of is. But songs like Allison, it's which just is one a of my favorite, gorgeous, songs. gorgeous song. Yeah. My aim is yeah, yeah, and it's, and even my aim is not true. Even his little, I try to be true. Uh, even his little collaboration with Paul McCartney, I thought was was kind of nice. I mean, every day I write the book, right? That's just yeah. 
Yeah. Now yeah. the the music the musical quality of the songs it just yeah they're stunning. At 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 the risk of making this all about me, I, I saw him perform <laughs> live in Tipperary uh, way back in uh, nineteen ninety one. Yeah, no, that's great. And I, it felt like he was only performing for me. Well, I'm sure he was. he was. But he yeah, came he storming was. out on the stage. Why else would he be there if like you he weren't there? Like he was angry. You know, why, it's like, why else would he be there? It's like, I got to do this gig. He comes storming out. He sits down at the piano, no, starts hammering no. at the piano. There's, like, there's no like, reason for him to be there if you're not there. You're like, I Declan, mean, Declan, yeah. relax. It's a beautiful day. It's a music Declan, festival. Declan, it's, Declan, Declan. You know, but... Uh, Declan is the name of a company in a movie. It was a bad company. What? what the Net? With Sandra, the net with Sandra Bullock. <laughs> what a terrible movie! I think it's Sandra. Sandra, Sandra Bullock. That's what a piece of garbage! Was that Declan? No, no, that's not Declan. I don't know. I'm glad you brought it up, though. I don't know. Yeah, it, doesn't Declan sound like a, the name of a, a company that's not doing good things? Didn't, didn't you want to wrap this up? Was, was, yeah, no. What, let's move hurry. on. So um, I'm sorry we're not talking about you being at the concert, Mark. What's next in the show? No, I want to hear more about um, the concert. Yeah. Did well, you smoke weed or did you drop? Uh, Mushrooms or nineteen ninety one also relaxers. So ninety one, I would have been crank. No, I was fine with uh with the Pinus Mythics. McManus. <laughs> That's all I can think of when you Nin- say ninety one. Were, were we still freebasing? Also, 91? a good union member. <laughs> Y'all know me. My name is McManus. He stood I down. joined this union some twenty odd years ago for two reasons. To have intercourse in exchange for cash. Here comes the explicit rating. Here's a great movie. Three years ago, when this union told we man hers that we were to stop having intercourse with underage girls, I strongly disagreed. Oh my God. But I did not stand up. I don't think we were. uh, I stood down. I stood down. You stood doing. What do you want to ruin the whole thing? What's what's that? We I weren't still freebasing in '91, so you probably what? Free, I think it was crack then at that point. Same thing, but I right. was not. I was not humping Marshall stacks for scratch acid with you in Austin at that time. No, that was a little earlier. But oh. uh, yeah, he didn't deny it, folks. Of course, what? How can we? How can we trust him when he's a murderer? It's cold in here. So we do have some suggestions <laughs> for room seven six zero nine. We will get to and deep. The guys from Arkansas? I don't know. Uh, we, we, uh, we you don't will... think there's somebody named Mike or Mark out there who killed people? No, there's not. No not with a C. Yeah. Crazy. Maybe, but there's no MLs. Well, you're not an ML either. You're fucking Mike. I don't know if I'm having I mean, Michael, I guess. I could call you Michael if you'd like. That's fine. I'm doing a Google search. Murderers named Mark. How about Mikey? Well, you know, your initials are SM, so that makes you S and M. They are? What's the M? Isn't it Michael? Aren't you Sean? No. Oh, is that the murderer's Michael? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Not me. What's your middle name? Patrick. Patrick. Okay. Anyway, uh, I wish we had that 30 seconds McManus. back, but <laughs> we, we want to invite you to make some suggestions for room 7609. We have a few in the queue. We will get to those. We appreciate you supporting all these parts of the show. And you can send us your suggestions and your feedback at mlsoulofdetroit at gmail.com. We have uh, an opportunity during the show to thank donors, so that's all set up. We just don't have any donors this week, so we're going to speed through that with with one brief reminder that you can donate by going to mlsoulofdetroit.com. There's a little donate button at the top. We will soon be adding a Venmo option. Venmo, I'll just tell you, is very difficult to deal with for business. So you will be able to donate through Venmo, but you're going to have to look for something called Daisy House LLC. Very confusing, very complicated. I know Mark will make sense of it, and uh, we look forward to it. Do you think if it were Mikey's Solo Detroit, the donations might improve? Uh, Mikey 
You might just have a little more empathy for Mikey. I think there might be some pedos who follow the M- us. The then. ML sounds a little, you know, authoritative. Pompous. I was what? I was gonna say who? Huh? Who said that? What are you talking about? <laughs> I have to check my thesaurus, but I didn't. I didn't Elitist? Uh, what? Doesn't sound like a synonym uh, for pret- cool. Uh, pret- uh, pretentious? No, no one no. thought it was. Somebody did. He's got fantastic hair. Um, I want to. Uh, okay, Hermie. I want to set the record. Oh, by the way, there's a giant Hermie statue I saw in front of an Stop orthodontist him. office. Oh yeah, that's I'm awesome. I'm gonna go get a picture with it. It's uh, it's that's life awesome. size. Oh, there's um, the music. Yes. So we have a correction to make. Uh, last week, we gave credit to listener Kevin for sleuthing out Sean's murderous past. If you want to know more about that, check out last week's episode. But we got a note from Kyle that says, My name is Kyle, not Kevin. I demand a correction. Correction made. Uh, Kyle also told us uh, at the close of the year that I love my Soul of Detroit sweatshirt. I always get compliments on it. The color's perfect, and I love pledging my allegiance to the show. Sean Wins is the broken, broken clock of the show, meaning twice a day he is right. Merry Christmas, friends. Does it really say yeah, that? Yeah, it does. Yeah. No, it doesn't. Let me yeah, see. It Check it out. So, uh, so thank you, Kyle. We are working on making our merchandise available for you soon. But if there's something you'd like, just send us a note. We'll tell you what we got. Wait, we'll, I'm right twice a day? Well, it's, uh, he's half right. So. Well, that's about how often I speak. So he uses a 24-hour <laughs> clock just, just like Belvin does. Um, we also heard uh, from Damon. Who writes, yesterday, meaning last week, Geek of the Week was spot on. That's where I named the guy who went to the grocery store, armed to the teeth. Damon says, I am an NRA lifer and there is no need to carry all that to the grocery store. Carry one and leave the rest at home in a safe. And my God, you hate U of M football. Is that a required class to take for all MSU football grads? (laughs) No, you're far worse than any Spartan fan or graduate that I know. I don't hate U of well, M football. I... By far. You, what was the first word you used to describe that? I don't remember. A big M with a P? I forget. O. M. Punctilicious? Uh, I, I hate P. arrogance. O. I hate hypocrisy, and I hate U. double standards. If that's yes. U of M football, then I'm guilty as charged. And I think it is. Is there such a word as pompatiousness? <laughs> if it is, that's what ML stands for. <laughs> this is outrageous. This is a. Oh. As Lauren Michael f- used to say, give me back my show! I have some feedback that uh, yes, please. I think segues nicely from there. Go go, go forth. Pat writes, uh, Mark nailed it as usual. Somehow ML made the <laughs> Tamar Hamlin story about him. I did I did administer CPR. <laughs> 90 seconds on the end of the story, 20 minutes of ML telling a whopper about the Yuri Fisher collapse. And something about a spider bite in a bowl of soup. Fisher collapses. ML springs into action. He waits in line at a souvenir stand <laughs> to buy a pen set. He uses the back of the ticket and things in his oh. wallet to make notes on that he just witnessed. Then oh. calls him the free press. Why not just call the free press? What did he fit on the back of the ticket? And a receipt from Lover's Lane? This is outrageous. Actually, my this, dad used to own a, a lingerie store, so I, I would not go to like. Lover's Lane. But, you know. For starters, there's no room to write anything on the back of a ticket. Let's just, let me just, let me just. Sort of put this oh, in perspective. This isn't for conversation. It was just a statement. Not anybody de- could have bought that pen. A okay? declarative statement. I do say, what was his name? What was that? Re- Pat. Pat. Oh, Pat. He does bring up a good point. Pat, though. Why Pat, didn't Pat. you just Thank call? You, why didn't you just call the free press instead of taking notes down? Because I was interviewing people. 
just what they saw, what they thought. And after the game, I I, I found a way out to where Thank the buses load Mark. up for the teams. Uh-huh. And Barry, no, no, I remember were, you saying that. They were playing the Predators. And uh, no, I didn't mention this part okay. last week. Oh, I got out yeah, there good. just as the players oh, were loading ahead. onto the bus, and I asked Barry Trotz, you know, any any comment on this, and oh, and he was just he was like stunned, like everybody else, just like um, I, we wish him the best. And they got a, and and I went out there and I tried to catch where the players, because you know, at the Joe they used to park there right off of Eisenman Drive. You could tell because they were all the the BMWs and the Porsches and all that. And I went to try and get some of the players as they were leaving and they all they all got there was like this convoy of really high-end cars driving as fast as they could to the hospital and i guess i was going to take some notes but i didn't because they were driving too fast so did i just make that all about me <laughs> no it's okay so no, i have but, some i have some wait, feedback wait, wait, no, or, no, do you, or do you want to have i have a i have a question that I, I need to i need to i need to i need to change i need to look very closely at myself with i have a question line. that i think segues out of this um and and i think it'll get sean's blood maybe so going. more of a statement i think Hopefully. it might not I, a question i think it might get your blood going uh oh. what what did you make of the nfl's um sunday and how they handled tamar hamlin what do you mean people were number three and that sort of thing just how the nfl handled it and the like particularly in front of, before the Lions game, the moment of recognition, which no one knew if that meant a moment of silence, or if we're supposed to cheer or whatever that is, I didn't bother me. You didn't think it was overdone? I've had a, I've had a bunch of people say they thought they were was overdone, and they're they're kind of sick of it. I don't. Know, I just be, that to me speaks to a larger lack of uh, empathy. Well, we knew the, he was. I, I think those people are saying we knew he was okay by that point. It was horrific. What's what wrong happened. with honoring him for 30 well, seconds? I'll, I'll, I'll we, tell have you, to, we have to, I'll, I'll tell you what my problem is with it. Honor him for almost dying. What did he do other than almost die? I mean, maybe to encourage him yeah. or to send him a, uh, some well wishes is one thing, but plays in the league and the next round of games, they, they mention him and honor him for 30 seconds. I, I just think it's a little a performative deal. by the NFL to pretend like they care that much about players. Well, that, that's what some people have said is instead when, of instead of highlighting that the game is dangerous and what they're going to do to make it safer, instead they tried to make it all, oh, he's okay. Yeah. It's great. This is this brings us all well, together. I'm sure I'm sure it will be forgotten the next time the collective bargaining agreements up and they want something like guaranteed contracts when players get injured all throughout. No, or, there's no question, but can't you do both? Right. No, but I just I think it's more egg on the NFL's face because I don't think that many people buy into it. Uh, if buy anybody, into what? if people don't know by now, Demar Hamlin's recovery to make the NFL but look great. Everything is that way. The flyovers are that way. The Star Spangled Banner, the national the the, the national anthem is that sure. way, right? Yeah. Why do why do we need oh, I, to gather sixty thousand Americans and then sing? I, this I, is a great place and why do we need to see our jets I've, I've gotten yelled at for saying this but i'll say it again i don't think they need to do the national anthem before every game everybody think, there presumably I think it should be done, being in the country i think it so, should be done before special events because to make it a little more special yeah or international I've events seen, i've seen plenty of people yapping or on their phone or leaving their hat on while it's going on World it's Cup, almost like you know, people just disrespect it yeah international events do the do the various songs my understanding is big they, events though they play the national anthem in the big house so that america can be honored by being present at u of m football games well that may well be as far as the flyovers and or, or, the, or the parachuters that come down occasionally you get that's that, all Damon? just but that's, that's a contract with the that's military objectively badass and cool it's that is a, pretty cool. well the nfl's got a contract with the military right so that's yeah, but i'm talking about and I, and I know. Look, I'm, I love I, watching I, fighter jets. I mean, it's part of my youth. No, 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 I, grew I, I want to go back. Them, I mean, that's that's off the topic. It's more about how over the top the Demar Hamlin stuff may or may not have been. 
Uh, if anything, if I was DeMars and his family, I'd be upset about getting pimped out by the NFL where this is another chance for the NFL to try and drive home some point that we really care, we're sensitive. Maybe they should have honored first responders because those are the folks who saved his life yeah. or done something to promote his foundation. That would have been a great thing for the NFL to say, hey, by the way. No, if for you sure. Help- Can't they do all that, though? I mean, I don't think the players probably mind if they honor him for a second. I think acknowledging him is important because the whole country was captivated by that. sure was. The only thing that got more attention was my Yuri Fisher story, which (laughs) obviously people were riveted about. They were still talking about it after the podcast. Or was it Quay Walker? Was it Quay Walker who pushed pushed the trainer in the back? Did that cost the Packers the playoffs? No. No. You don't think so? No, they had other opportunities. Really? Because uh, no uh, one play ever cost the team. I don't know. Well, sometimes it does. Very, very rarely. Very but rarely. it took a it took a good player out of the game. It extended the drive. I mean, that, oh, that could huge, have been pivotal. It, it was a huge factor, but I don't think that was the game. Okay, I'm trying to remember. Did that Every play's not done in a, was in a vacuum. Did that lead to a field goal? I can't remember. I think it moved him up, didn't yes. it? Wasn't there yeah. a fifteen yeah. yard penalty? And yeah. ate up more of the clock too. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, okay. So, um, so and Sean, did you have some feedback? I did. Um, hopefully, you know. I think it's just Hopefully a yes what? or no question. You do have some feedback. The question now is, if, are you going to read If we it? can set a time limit on this, because it's about your Three minutes. Again. Well, you're kind of drawing it out here. Maybe uh, if we just get to it. Just Larry. ML. And that's our feedback, uh, Cyrus. Yeah, we don't you. need the... So you know to him. We don't no, need the foreplay. Start I said a the two. I said the two best letters in the, lang- the alphabet. I said ML, and I think we're done now. No objection. You yeah. finally, they you go finally together so well. It. We should they just do. reverse the alphabet from they, now on. They do, they do, like peanut butter and honey. I am in full agreement with you about the erosion and perversion of college athletics. Uh, oh Meaning, in, in full agreement with me. Yeah, that's ML. You're so wrong-headed, this is from, Sean. This is Taylor, Sean Patrick. Uh, and last night Morrissey. showed the world college football is dead. Huh? MSU giving ninety-five million guaranteed to seven L Mel. And one million a year to the retired MSU security guard turned athletic director Alan Heller is all just a big scam. Talented statewide writers like you and Sean should be calling out this public corruption racket. Enough is enough. So college football has been a billion plus dollar business for decades, and now we're upset. I was upset before, but I mean, thank you for the for the uh, feedback, last, Taylor. What does last night's game have to do with it? Is it when did this email come in? Oh, that's a good question. Do we know? Is there a date uh, on the top? It should have a date on it. Uh, it came in this morning, so yeah, I guess so last night. The championship game. So he's upset because it was 65-7, to 7, I take it. Or maybe maybe the whole consumerism aspect of it. I don't know. It's big. It's, the fact is, TV has made it a massively big business. It's huge. Yeah, and I am sick of universities supporting athletic programs instead of athletic programs supporting universities. But there, are, as we've mentioned numerous times, athletic departments—that's not how it works. Self-sufficient, but, yeah. But go ahead, uh, major keep, universities. Keep going. Are. Keep going. They, they, yeah. they could subsidize universities then, but it, but we is we have also discussed, and my friend Raj mentions this all the time, and and I agree that universities rake in way more money as an institution when people feel good about their athletic programs. Yeah, so it all so, works in concert with each I, other. I guess it does. I guess it does. And but, Sonny uh, Dykes, thank you though for the feedback. Sonny Dykes makes about what one. Uh, about one eighth of what Mel Tucker makes. 
So that means he makes uh, he just got a bump in one tenth of what Jim Harbaugh makes because wasn't he paid ten million dollars last you year? You mean Denver's new coach? Is he? I think there's I, a report that says he's the top to leader in the clubhouse, so to speak. I, I got to tell you, look, there's a couple. I things, wish you weren't a liar. A couple I things going on with drop. Harbaugh. This is his first time using an agent in a while, right? From what I understand, right. he didn't use one in 2015 or 2020. So immediately when you hear agent, you think this is some kind of leveraged move to get more where he's at. But I think he's just kind of sick of coaching college football. It's hard. You have NIL now. It's kind of the Wild West. Now he's got these investigations. Why would you want to deal with it? You're, what is he, 60? Is that how old he is now? Or almost 59. 60? 50, yeah. 50. So this is his last shot of going back to the NFL. And you know what? As a Michigan fan, I'll admit I wanted him gone in, after 2020. Did a great job the last two years. I don't care if he leaves. Oh, I wanted him back after 2020. Now I hope he signs no, I know, an extension. But that's, that's the point. He turned it around. The last two years have been two of the best back-to-back years in, in most, my life most that I can wins, really remember. Most wins in Michigan football history well, for they, two years, right? They play more games now. So they do, but but that's a of a, that's pretty good. Did you have more fun watching the um, and he's followed Michigan right Ohio in State his game? hero's footsteps. He has a good Lions, season, Packers and game. then chokes in the playoffs. Is that a real question? Yeah. Oh, Michigan Ohio State. Even if Michigan lost, I probably would have. That game just means so much to me for so many different reasons. It's a personal thing. I'm not going to make it all about myself. I see. Remember, I grew up a Buckeye fan. I was just curious. I was just curious. I grew up a Buckeye fan and switched to a Michigan fan when I went to school. So that is the mentality that I struggle with. Anyway, what? What's going on? All right. What's, uh, what, what, well, yeah. what are we doing now? Well, I, I just wanted to fill in a blank oh. that I think I left from last week where there was yeah, a lot I'm of sure mention about Hunter Dickinson, and I didn't provide the proper context. So if, if you were lost in that discussion. He's the center for Michigan. He's the center for Michigan who was talking a lot of shit on social media about Michigan State has one good season. They think they're really good, and we expose them. And I guess he was talking about, about football. football. Yeah. Uh-huh. But he's going out there and giving that typical U of M arrogance. <laughs> and what happens right after that? They get smoked by Central Michigan. Then they Michigan loses smoked. to TCL, C, TCU. Then he goes to the Breslin. From what I understand, he got uh, booed like no one's ever gotten booed. Two boozed. games that he was really booed. good at against Maryland. Yeah, they, and, they, yeah. They, they, yeah, really beat Maryland. No, and I was and really worried about State. him. So what I wanted to mention about Hunter Dickinson, other than he got a kick in the ass, which he deserved because he should have put his foot Somewhere than his own mouth, but let me. Can I ask you a question? Does that really bother you that he said the things he says, or is that just no, um, no? I love what he said because yeah. it just epitomized what I've been saying on this show for months: that Michigan fans are arrogant. They talk shit because one they can't athlete back did. No, because this guy speaks for millions of Michigan fans. This guy is the avatar for all these clowns who state, talk. State Yang never talks. No, we do, but I'm just saying this whole, uh, you know, oh, then, they have one and good... Then, and then, okay, but... Then and he gets have, put in his place Then you have Izzo doing his coach's show. He's like, we're going to win with class, blah, blah, blah. And we have two tunnels. It's like, okay, so are you mad at him for, for talking garbage? No, I think he was just trying to reassure those cowardly Wolverines that there will be no harm. You just from? don't like it because he's not on your team. And you know what? If Hunter Dickinson wasn't a Michigan guy, I'd probably, I probably wouldn't like him either because... He's that abrasive kind of guy, like a Draymond Green. It says well, what's well this is mind. this fine. is what I wanted to get to. Is oh wait, we have he, another thing to get to. He's a we're getting to your part now. He was a great player. He owned Michigan State in Ann Arbor last year. I did not see that much of him in the first half, and I'm just wondering because when he came in in the second half, 
he kind of took over the game a little bit. Well, what was, was going on there? Uh, he was a little foul trouble, and his uh, and Reed, uh, the center coming off the bench, actually was pretty effective. So, yeah, they were doubling Hunter, and he struggled a little bit early. And if I, I'm not mistaken, I'm trying to remember if he was in foul trouble or not. But the backup, uh, Reed, right, is his last name. He was uh, he wasn't bad. Probably his so best game. Another big white boy, right? No, he's not white. Who was the big, the tall, white Louis, dude right? that they had was in it, there? Uh, well, uh, Shatter? Yeah, yeah. Is that it? Yeah, something like that. I didn't even see the game on Saturday. It was not a great game. I forgot it was, about it. it was, yeah, no, we don't Yeah, need to. It was, it was not a wonderful uh, exhibition of basketball. Well, but a, lot of, a lot of missed shots. A lot, good defense, relatively speaking. And I know. Uh, good all, energy. All ML talked about was the bad Michigan player. He didn't talk about any of his uh, Spartans that good, played well. Good. So that's, that's, no, no, but, that, but, no, because you just you hate Michigan more than you love state. No, that's not true. But Dickinson so did fifty one forty nine. But Dickinson then went and talked some shit about Wisconsin, who's a pretty formidable team. Fifty one forty nine supposed to hurt me? What? No, no, no. I'm just oh. saying there's it's, there's there's a there's a majority. That's there. the breakdown. But, okay. but one of the things I wanted to ask Sean, because not only is he a yes, very I'm... excellent sports writer, but he can see into people's souls. Is <laughs> no, Dickinson, not really. But I... is Dickinson trying to create? The, I mean, is this is he trying to be? A villain. I mean, yes. is this gratuitous? Is this part well, of a, a shtick? Because before this season, I never heard this kind of stuff no, from him. I don't him. think it's all shtick, but he definitely no, leans this into is, it. This is how from him before. To but, me, this is generally how it works. Somebody, somebody is be is is themselves, and they get a certain reaction. I'm not necessarily looking for that reaction initially. Uh, maybe in public life in some way. I mean, he, Hunter Dickinson just speaks his mind, says what he thinks, and he's. But I got do. some scrappiness to him. He starts to get a reaction to it. Sorry, Mark. And then maybe he leans, leans into, into that yeah. a little yeah. bit. But yeah. I don't. Th I think it's authentic from the get go. Just ask Maryland fans about him, right? Because okay. they don't like him at all because they didn't recruit him, and he really talked a lot of shit every time he played at yeah. Maryland and against Maryland. So I think he was just being his authentic sort of competitive self. It's very crazy kind of. Guy. And then as he gets pub and sort of starts to get the booze and stuff, he leans into it like Bill Lambeer did. So right? using that, you. Yeah. Love Room 7609. It depends on the week. But, I, I like the idea of it. People say they like, like Cyrus the, more. You don't like the songs, and then you lean into it, but you really love all these new wave music selections. This is just your this is your, your little wrestling the, persona. I love a lot of the bands that um, that you select, yeah. Maybe not necessarily the songs we play, <laughs> but, uh, but I like the... the nice compliment. Yeah. Like, I love the church. Sean Dick Hedden, I like Windsor. this. I like the Smiths. You know, I still don't. <laughs> I think that's good advice. We played Elvis Costello today. I don't have uh, any, any. You know, I'm good. You risked a you risked a, a bladder infection, a urinary tract infection, to hear the beginning. Of a little song. bit, that's I did. Well, as soon as I heard, I'm like, oh yeah. Nice. <laughs> he was going with the flow, folks. In, yeah. In one sense, you well, ain't cool unless you pee your pants. So we, we need to thank the listeners, right? <laughs> I, I think so. We, Everybody we, my age pees their pants. It's the coolest. We appreciate their indulgence. And one of these days, some of them are going to call us at 313-288-9070. That's Butterfield 89070. So thank you for checking out this show. Greg Sutter uh, had a good time on the show. He already let me know. We are going to have him back when the memoir is ready. Uh, if you are listening to the show, please give us a watch. It's a, it's a fun show to watch on YouTube or on Facebook. And uh, please like, rate, and share the show. We haven't had uh, a new rating in a while. We're up to, I think, 596 ratings. We'd love to get to 600. 
And until next week. Oh, wait, Sean has one more thing to say. <laughs> I need to pee all I can pee. <laughs> Cyrus. Sorry, I'm entertaining myself over Cyrus, here. Cyrus, uh, expand his urethra. Can you dig that? Can you dig it? Can you dig it? Podcast is hard, ain't it? Did you take a peek inside the soul of John Windsor? I'm just gonna let that old dog lie. ML Soul of Detroit, the complete first season. You seem to be harboring a bit of hostility there, brother. So I've been told.